Welcome to the Powered by Age, Age-Friendly City Zoomcast, reality-style podcast. We are movers and shakers, shaking up the old notion of silent, helpless, invisible seniors. This is a new series of podcasts funded by the City of Vancouver and the 411 Senior Center Society. As PBA AFC ambassadors, we raise awareness, share our original stories and poems, inform, advocate, and involve seniors in discussing important social issues. In short, these podcasts will help us, you, in creating an age-friendly city for Vancouver today, tomorrow the world. You can hear us everywhere podcasts are heard. Good afternoon and welcome to Powered by Age. I'm Charlotte Farrell, coordinator and host of the podcast program sponsored by the 411 Senior Center and the Government of Canada. I respectfully acknowledge that our work and podcast takes place on the traditional unceded homeland of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh nations. Tomorrow is the first day of May, a month that a lot of people think about getting away, and we've got the most stringent travel restrictions most of us have ever seen. But not to worry, we won't miss out because we have our wonderful minds where we can travel through different ideas and activities, such as the ones we are going to do today. But first, I'll ask you to introduce yourselves and your 30 seconds of fame. My name is Neil Ryan. I live in Burnaby, beautiful beautiful British Columbia, and uh, I write poetry, and, uh, and my book is called From the Other Side, which is available on Amazon, etc., etc., and um, I'm a happy camper and uh, getting healthier every day. I'll pass it on to Leslie. <laughs> Okay, I'm Leslie Hebert, and I am in New Westminster, BC. I am a, an online, I write online content, short stories, poetry, and I'm currently writing a memoir about a trip I took to Japan a few years ago. Pass it on to Aideen. Okay, I'm Aideen Dufour. I live in Falls Creek, Vancouver. Uh, I'm a former teacher, interpreter, and translator for the Ontario and Quebec governments. Um, just fairly new to this and really happy about it. So thank you. Oh, Chris. Uh, I'm Chris Marcy, and I live in East Vancouver, and I participate at uh, Britannia Community Centers, 55 Plus Center. And I belong to a group called Quirky Queer Imaging and Writing Collective for Elders. And I also am in the process of writing little pieces of a memoir and hoping that at some point they all come together. And so I will now pass it on to Nancy. I'm Nancy Sinclair. I live on uh, Vancouver Island in Nanaimo. And I'm a writer and a photographer, and I have a pet sitting business, and it's been crazy busy with puppies today. It's like musical chairs. It's been musical puppies. <laughs> so we've been hiking and uh, had a good time. Oh, that sounds like a story in the making. <laughs> Thank you. Um, okay, we've got to do one first activity. I want you to think of what comes to mind when you hear the word mayday. Mayday, Mayday. 
mayday means emergency. Yeah, exactly. Help, it, help. <laughs> it's also the 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 parade and uh, first first of May in Russia would be celebration the communist party or something. A National Workers' Day. Um, it also reminds me of maypoles when I was uh, a child in, uh, I guess, elementary school. Uh, we learned to dance around the maypole. And here in New Westminster, they have uh, quite a traditional May Day celebration with maypoles and beauty queens. and Beautiful young queens. girls dancing barefoot around the, uh, <laughs> around the pole. <laughs> Actually, it's, a bit, it's getting to be a bit politically incorrect because they used to have a, a May Queen ball where the young girls who were, you know, basically um, middle schoolers um, went to this ball and they would dance with officers from the New Westminster Regiment. Well, they decided that wasn't such a good thing after all. So that's kind of fun by the wayside. Barefoot and naked? No. <laughs> Hopefully not. That would have been totally politically incorrect. <laughs> we can always hope. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> uh, Chris, what comes to your mind with May Day? Well, I guess um, the first thing that came, the first thing that came to my mind was the maypole. And uh, for, the, for the same kind of reasons as Leslie said. The other thing that kind of comes to mind, and it's it's not so much the May Day, the first of May, but the month of May in the in the Catholic tradition, um, there's always uh, there's always a celebration around um, around celebrating Mary, uh, the mother of Jesus. And there's always there's usually a young girl from school that's crowned as the May Queen and is the one who has, no, she's not crowned, she has, she's chosen as the May, the person to lead the procession. And then in the ceremony, she will be the one to put the crown of flowers on the head of the statue uh, in, in, in the church. So I know that's kind of an ancient, I don't know how ancient, but I know it was a tradition when I was a kid growing up. Mm-hmm. What about you, Aideen? Okay, I just wanted to ask Chris if they also sang uh, Queen of the Angels, Queen of the May. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, okay. Oh, yes. <laughs> because Queen of the Angels, Queen of the May. Yeah, well, yeah that's what we used to sing as, yeah, for yeah. The, the May Day procession. Yeah. Um, the first thing that came to my mind, I don't quite know why, was shipwreck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the distress call, not from any particular shipwreck, but but that's what came to my mind was a, a call for help. So. Yeah, that's what I think. In so many movies, uh, you'll hear Mayday, 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 mm-hmm. and it's signaling that the ship is in trouble. Even people on boats, you will. I think it's just, I don't know whether they actually do it, but there's so many movies where they say Mayday. Yes, that's where I associate Mayday, Mayday. Say always twice or more that they say it. Uh, Nancy, what about you? Maybe she's out of range. Oh, she's muted right now. Oh, there she is. Hi. Uh, No, I had the same thoughts. Mayday, Mayday means emergency uh, with... uh, 
on the water. So mm-hmm. that was my, but I know, you know, beyond that May Day is, I, I remember the May Day pool was a kid in school, you know, with, with that. So, but May Day, like I say, my first thought is an emergency. And actually, uh, when I was like 23, 24, I was married at the time. And my husband and I, we went sailing to, um, from Washington State down to San Francisco and when we were going through the coast of Oregon, we went through a three-day storm, and the storm had actually sunk a freighter. It was one of the worst storms that they'd had. And I actually had to call out to the Coast Guard and do a pan-pan for them to come and uh, check us on the sailboat. We were on the 60-foot boat. And there were five of us that were crewing. I was the only woman on board. And wow. <laughs> I had to, to make a call to the Coast Guard for them to come and check on us because we had bent our, our uh, boom. And, and the boat was just moving so fast. So they came to check on us to see if we needed assistance or not. So, so May Day for me, that's the first thing I think of as a nautical help. Oh. <laughs> and I wonder what the origin of it being a, 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 a call for help. Well, that's May Day. That's helped me and Fred. Oh, there you go. It's what? It helped me in French. Oh, wow. I never knew that. Me aid, Mayday. Wow. My thoughts was of the Mayday in elementary school, fourth, fifth, and sixth graders um, were to perform. And for almost the whole of April, we were out on the school ground in Kansas, and it would be windy or rainy, rain or shine. We were out there getting into these formations. And it was the girls and the boys. And they had different color uh, strings for the girls and boys and you had to wind this thing right and not get it tangled up mm-hmm. and the teacher would send this thing and one of it was a crinoline skirt and something else and my mother was my mother was livid you know <laughs> about why do we have to have this skirt with a hoop you know it was so much stuff you know from one year to the other the teacher or whoever was in charge of may day would add something add something else and it was always things that you had to buy and then we had one teacher who was very compassionate if she knew that there was a family or somebody where getting this you remember those skirts that we did you ever have those things that you had to put in starch Oh, like, in the 50s, we had like the crinoline skirts. Yes, yeah. the crinoline skirt. Yes, it, that was one of the things we were supposed yeah. to have, this crinoline skirt. So we had one teacher, Miss Mobley, who bought a few. So if there was anyone who couldn't, whose parents or family couldn't have one, she had a few in the uh, cloakroom. And the other thing, where you talked about the religious songs, ours, it was all military. They had the stars and stripes forever. We had uh, at least six military songs that we marched and did our formations and things around. And there would be the uh, different military units would be parked along the school ground. So it was really like a a military uh, exercise day for the schools. Okay, so now... Yeah, the other thing I think about with May is the May Blossom. And I remember my grandfather had a saying, and it was, ne'er cast a clout till the May be out, which means never cast and never take off an item of clothing till the May is out. And we were never sure if it was when the May Blossom came out or if it was the end of the month of May. I, I think that was... In the Midwest, or at least in Kansas, that was when you would take the stuff down off the windows. 
uh-huh. waiting until the end mm-hmm. of of of, uh, mm-hmm. of May to, and put away your winter clothes because we used to mm-hmm. put things away and then get out the summer clothes. I don't know. Did they do that in do they do that in Vancouver? No, we don't really have such a such a cold winter. No, they never the, did it in the California. seasons in Vancouver. Sometimes there are people that wear shorts all year round. Oh, so. I know. <laughs> the climate in Vancouver doesn't quite equate to uh, climates in other places where you kind of have to figure out when's the time to change your wardrobe. <laughs> Yeah. I did just did a quick little search on the May Day, the May Day emergency call, and it, it was in 1920 when uh, it came in. And it, as as Leslie said, it is uh, it is a, a for, shortened version of a French of French um, asking for help. Help me, help me. Uh, so we've started our May off with new knowledge. I never ever heard, you know, that it was a French for help me. Never too old to learn something new. <laughs> uh, so in our caller description, it says, unless, you know, you don't want to miss out. So one of the things that uh, is a new thing, Neil has a new story that he's going to share with us. May I? Oh, may I? I'll t- to you, what's the difference between someone saying can I and may I? One's illiterate, the other one's not. <laughs> uh, it depends how much of a stickler you are for grammar. I mean, they're both asking for permission, but if you want to be sort of really literal about it, can I means do I have the ability to? Mm-hmm. May yeah. means you are allowed to. Yeah. So you may be able to do something, but you may not be allowed to do it. So, you know, you can say I can, but I may not. Mm-hmm. I was taught that may I is polite and that can I is rude. Mm-hmm. So when, you ask, when I asked for something, I was may I do this, may I do that instead of can mm-hmm. I. It was abrupt and disrespectful. Mm-hmm. You were shaking your head, Aidy. No, I'm in agreement with Leslie. Yeah. <laughs> Two teachers. As a a, a former English teacher, I'm totally in agreement with Leslie. Okay, Okay. (laughs) me too. Can means am I able, and may means do you give me permission? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Can I is a way that people worry you to death. Can I have now? Can I do it now? Can I, can I, can I? It's like (laughs) somebody scratching on the chalkboard. Can I, can I, can we? When can? Oh, thank you for that English update. Now we've had a, a French and an English lesson. So <laughs> now it's time for Neil's story. Well, last Saturday I submitted this uh, as my uh, solution to the the content, the writing contest. We have twenty four hours, so we get the outline of the story, which uh, and uh, w- w- which. You don't have to write exactly the same, but it is. It has to, the story has to touch on some qualities that they send Saturday morning at nine o'clock, ten o'clock, ten o'clock Saturday morning, and it has to be submitted 
10 o'clock Sunday morning. And the maximum on this week was 900 words. So um, I, I entitled my story, The Treehouse. The three were devoted friends, closer than brothers, not genetically related, but they shared a spirit of adventure. Today, they were going to continue building the fort using boughs and branches brought down by the wind and rain of the past several days. Tommy had run ahead and yelled back to Sid and Joy, you guys aren't going to believe this. There's a tree house in our climbing tree. It only took a minute of inspection before Tommy began the task of climbing the oak with Sid right behind him. They easily reached the treehouse and discovered a rope ladder to drop for Joey. Joey displayed his reluctance, pushing the ladder away. I don't like this, he said. This is too weird. We were here just a week ago. Nobody can build a treehouse like this in a week. From the balcony, his two friends called out, chicken, chicken, cluck, cluck, cluck. With this challenge, Joey reluctantly climbed the ladder to follow his friends into the treehouse. The interior lighting blinked. It was so fast it was hardly noticeable, but something shifted and the door they had just entered disappeared along with the windows and in their place were a was a corridor with six doors, each one with a small gold plaque marked escape. Now, what have we got ourselves into? I'm scared, Sid, Sid, Sid. Seriously scared. A tremor in his voice confirmed this. Joey spoke. I told you guys this can't be real. Where's the door we just came in? Okay, okay, just calm down, said Tommy. One of these doors has got to lead us out of here. The first door was labeled escape, and under were the words, eat your way out. Sid, whose nickname was Fooderator, because of his unsophisticating habits, spoke out, hey, this can't be all bad, and opened the door. In front of him lay a table of hot pizza, pitchers of iced cola, and burgers with baskets of yam fries. Don't be a dumbass. This can't be real. Sid feigning injury responded, yeah, it sure looks real. It even smells real. Sid released the door handle and the door quietly closed. The trio moved on to the next door and read the label escape, followed by on wheels. Sid often dream of the day he would own a four-stroke Yamaha dirt bike or perhaps a 250cc Kawasaki. You can imagine the elation he felt when both of these machines appeared in the room before him. Sid moved into the room. Pleading voices called out, Sid, wait, I don't trust this place. Sid reached out and touched the Kawasaki. Nothing happened. The bike appeared to be real. The door remained open and both Joey and Tommy stood in the doorway watching. Sid grabbed the handlebars and leaned forward intending to mount the bike. And as he did, the door began to close. 
Joey and Tommy tried to hold it open, but the closer Sid got to mounting the bike, the more the door closed. Sid, wait, don't. The motion to throw his leg over the stern of the bike didn't stop, and with a hard slam, the door closed. There was silence as the boys tried to engage the latch, but it just hung loose. What are we going to do? From the other side of the door came the noise of a dirt bike engine. It roared a few times and then seemed to motor away from the treehouse, diminishing gradually until it disappeared. Joey and Tommy looked at each other. Could it be Sid actually escaped on a motorbike? Moving to the next door, Tommy opened escape, sail away. What appeared to Tommy was the deck of a large sailboat in heavy sea with waves breaking over the brow and sea spray blowing back through the open doorway. Dripping seawater, Tommy slammed the door shut. That was insane. I love sailing, but I get seasick, so I'm no good in a storm. The next door was labeled Escape. NASA's final frontier. At home, Joey's room was filled with model rockets, NASA memorabilia, and photos of shuttle crews. He couldn't resist opening this door. <clears throat> what appeared was a lunar landscape. The lower half of the lunar lander from 1967, imprints of footprints and a sun-bleached flag. Ignoring the lack of air on the moon, Joey stepped forward, and as he did, a fully functioning pressurized space chute manifested about his body as the door closed behind him. Tommy tried the final frontier door latch again, but to no avail. He moved to the last door, which read, Escape, to nowhere in particular. When he opened the door, he saw the oak. He had climbed to get to the treehouse. A few scattered boughs and branches of last week's attempt to at fort building, Tommy decided this was his escape route with a drop of only 10 to 15 feet. He hung from the opening for a few seconds. And as he let go, the forested scene and the oak dissolved into a mist that wrapped around him in what seemed to be an endless fall, fading to black. CNN breaking news. Hundreds have been searching for the three missing boys whose bodies were found today in Roberts Creek, swollen by recent rains. Thank you. I'll let you know how I'll let you know when I win the contest. Oh, comments, thoughts? Yeah, it was a very cool story, Neil. Um, I'm just wondering why the boy chose not to eat his way out after all. That seemed to be such a fit fit. I'm busy, busy trying to close this. So uh, 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 just one second. Please uh, ask me again. Yeah, so uh, the boy came to the first door and it said, eat your way out. And he seemed to be such a foodie. I'm just wondering why he didn't choose that door. Because his buddy grabbed him by the scruff of the neck and mm -hmm. held him back. 
Did I not include that little gem? Uh, maybe I forgot that, yeah. That's okay. He, he held them back and he said, this can't be real. Mm. And so uh, uh, we went on to the next door. Yeah, I was wondering why you chose those particular ways of escaping. Do they sort of represent various things? Hey, I've got 24 hours in which to create a 900-word <laughs> story. And so uh, I, I could show you, uh, I did a mind map. And what came up in the mind map was they all had a desire, because I knew the ending at the very beginning. Mm. And so I did a mind map that said, okay, this boy wants a motorcycle, this boy, and, and I threw the foodie in just because it was, <laughs> you know, this is imagination, the whole mm -hmm. right from beginning mm -hmm. to end, it's all imagination. Yeah, and it's great, actually, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's a sad ending, really. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it, it had to be because the, mm -hmm. the, the, the imagination of the boys, the the treehouse never really existed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The ending took me completely by surprise. I was not anticipating. Well, obviously, I wouldn't be anticipating what you had, but but uh, I was prepared for a happy ending. <laughs> me too. I was surprised. <laughs> yeah, I was sort of expecting that the boy that wanted to go nowhere in particular and jump down the tree to back to his home, I thought he was the one that was going to come back because he was happy at home and didn't really want to go anywhere in particular. Well, it makes me really happy to have somebody say I was surprised because I know that from previous contests that I've done, I've now done four or five, uh, I know they really like surprises. Mm -hmm. This is a surprise, definitely, because yeah. imagination is thinking, well, maybe they really did get carried off into another land, but that they were well, they did swollen bodies. <laughs> they, they, they didn't go into a, uh, aliens, didn't take them or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Have the have the the treehouse uh, zoom away into the into the cosmos. <laughs> mm -hmm. I I really liked. Um, the the language of the kids, the way that you had you characterize you had you had different speech language patterns uh, for characteristic for each of the kids, and then I like the detail with the engines. Uh, it's just one of those things that help you to visualize. The, I don't know a lot about engines, but it's just in the way that you describe the engines that I had a feeling of the specialness of them. Mm. Mm. Okay. So how long before they tell you how six weeks win? six weeks they well they got they have a maximum of 500 stories so they can uh, and uh, and and they got a i'm sure she's got two or three readers that uh, that take the the better ones and move them on so that's the writing contest from the weekly writers you the writers weekly Digest. Yeah, yeah. 
by Anne, I forgot her last name. This woman lives on a boat. She's just, I don't I would love to see her boat someday, but she lives on a boat and she publishes uh, they have I hate a publication to, I hate, company. I hate to disappoint you. They've all moved into a house in uh, in somewhere in Georgia. Oh well she lived on a boat a long time. <laughs> she did, she did, she did, she did. And that, that last hurricane, she started looking for for someplace mm-hmm. on land. So uh, I know where her boat was docked because my brother used to live there, uh, uh, Lakeland, Florida, or something. I'm... Yeah, this this is a good place for anyone to. It, what I like about it, you know how they're always. A contest. If you're a writer, you get these things where people tell you there's a poetry contest or this there's this or the other contest, and some of them you have to submit a hundred dollars or some ten dollars. For the long, as long more than fifteen years, I've seen her newsletter. It was one of the first ones that you didn't have to pay for the newsletter and that you didn't have to pay. They featured. She would give a a, a couple of times a year a list of the best contests that were legitimate and that um, and then every month it tells you uh, some some places, marketplaces, places that are looking for different types of stories. And then every not every month, but periodically, it seems about every three months they do a warning about uh, one of these uh, vanity publishers or they dealt with the, the the question of does amazon sell your material because amazon has you know they've done some things that are good but one of the things that they did that was horrible for authors is that they pushed down the price of books they were trying to really push some books down to not go over 9.99 whatever and because they have such a large promotion budget um it made it hard for a lot of people but someone had asked the question can they steal their material and what i would suggest for anyone when you're sending in something uh either to a publisher or for a magazine look at the fine print because some of them actually have the line in it we have the right to translate reformate Refabricate, which just really means we'll take your stuff and make it into something else. <laughs> and if you sign that, then um, you can't really sue them for copyright infringement. Even if you've taken out a copyright, if you sign that with, it's on some of the apps too. A lot of people, when they're getting apps, they grab the app quickly and they don't read all those uh, disclaimers. And I was surprised when I. I one for some reason there was a blip and my phone lost everything and I had to have it put back on um, by Google what's their program Google Play mm-hmm. their apps program you buy some things from the Microsoft people or you put get things from Google Play and there was a, a disclaimer in it and it said uh, that they have the right for any things that you transfer through Google apps any of the Google apps which includes Google or oh. any of its third parties that oh. they had the right to retranslate, reformulate. And that reformulate means you can just take your stuff and make it into something else. Yeah. Um, yeah, just so, change a few words, right? And then there's some things that, that will say, because I, I declined something that I thought would be good, but it said it had the right to erase everything oh. that was in my drive. Oh. It, it was 
it seemed like you know there's a scripture that says there's a way that seems right <laughs> to man, but it's mm. it, it, it leads it leads to death, it leads to hell. <laughs> That's what I saw. Some of these things were, were like when they mm. say we have the right to change your material or to delete what's in it. So read mm. those things carefully when you are taking on apps or deciding whether to have different things as a storage site for your your material. Yeah, I try to avoid submitting to places where you have to pay to submit, although I have done a few that have seemed kind of like genuine literary journals that are actually need the support. Uh, but I've also noticed there's a lot of places that will just take your content for free, mm-hmm. and they're just looking for free content. You don't have to pay, but you, they don't pay you either. So it's the same difference, right? Right. Well, she has ones that are, I mean, sometimes, like with hers, is there a $5 submission fee? There's a nominal amount mm-hmm. for that story writing. It's $5. Yeah, which is very Yeah, nominal. so that's okay, you know. But there was one contest that I've been going into for the last three years, and they had like a nominal $5 submission fee. They just put it up to $25, so... Yeah, that's why I never, I never enter the the new west contest. It's because it's twenty dollars plus ten dollars, twenty dollars to to submit a story. So yeah, and it's U.S. dollars too, right? Yes, there's one that's like that. Because <laughs> I was, when I got ready to use Submittable or the form that they used, it said US dollars. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, when this is a Canadian company. But anyhow, it's just things to be aware of because with uh, the, the guy that I interviewed, Bill or not, he's got a blog and he has his showcase and he looks out for really uh, new authors, people that are doing uh, online programs. Uh, including them in his blog or including them in the showcase and he doesn't charge people to do it and even building a community that some com- communities like we have kind of happening within our group of community because there are people that have dealt with different things that off the call itself you know talk with other people or give their advice about health issues or, or moving issues so uh, it's a good time to be in the community <laughs> Okay, so now for the paper and pen. Uh, but I want, is somebody, somebody have something? Oh, sorry. Oh, it sounded like TV. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, okay, so you got to take a piece of paper and you got to write horizontally down the paper the words Mayday, M A Y D A Y. Each, each letter on a different line. And then what you're going to do is first, first we're going to have our chaos or troubling hat on. And for each one of those letters, you're going to write a word. And so for these words, the word can be just a noun, adjective, adverb. It's just to have a word for each one of the letters in Mayday. Okay, okay, take another minute and then we'll share. Okay, Nancy, would you like to share first? Sure. Uh, magnificent, adorable, youthful, determined, admirable, 
and yellow. Okay, uh, Leslie. <laughs> Sorry, I got this uh, kind of like tried to make this into a sentence, kind of a story, kind of a thing. So I've got, Mother, may I attach the yellow daisies and the yodeling yellow ribbon? Okay, and the D A Y. D is daisies. A oh. is and the Y is yodeling yellow ribbon. Oh my goodness! Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Neil. Um, it's that time of month, so what was big on my mind is money, audited, yes, donate any way you can. Nice. <laughs> uh, Aideen? Okay, I had Mary, adventure, yesteryear, dancing, alone, and yearning. Okay, and uh, since I said the first set of words were going to be related to mayhem or trouble, mine is mayhem always yelps during afflicted yearning. I could have said afflicted years. <laughs> okay, so now we're going to uh, go with the same words again, but things that are really optimistic, positive. I'm sorry, I am not clear what we're doing. Oh, you're doing so another set of words. May Day again? Oh, you're doing, the, yeah, May Day again. Okay. I think Some I missed words. part of the first instructions because I did all my positive words for right yes, I, was, I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> and was, all the words are to be positive. Is that, is that the idea? Yes. Yeah, so now, since you did positive, it's like more positive, like the dream guy. Dream bigger. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So you people who are listening, as long as you're not driving and listening, you can be writing your words down too. Okay, Leslie, you ready to share? Okay, I've got marvelous May blossoms, advancement, youthful, delightful, anticipation, and yachting away to paradise. Oh, wow. <laughs> nice. Uh, Nancy? I think I'm off mute. Uh, marvelous. Adventure. Youngest. Uh, decisive. Appealing. Yearning. That's it. Okay, great. Uh, Aideen? I have momentous, uh, avant-garde. Ah. Right? <laughs> uh, yodeling. I couldn't get any more positive than dancing because for me that is the best thing on earth. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> uh, ardent and young at heart. Very good. Uh, Neil? Movement, abundance, yearning, dominance, adventure, young at heart. I've got May arrives yielding daily awareness and youthfulness. 
Mm. Younger every day. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> okay, so that was fun. And I think one of the things that, you know, the uh, government of Canada is, I think, remarkably different among other of the G6 or whatever those numbers are, particularly with our neighbor, my homeland below, in and honoring creativity, that there is funding for creativity in there uh, with in uh, September, we have culture days and culture days used to be just three days, three days, the last weekend in September. Last year, they were forced to jump to the virtual model and people created so many different things, but they pushed it out from the 25th of September through the 25th of October. So we're looking at proposing to be uh, a site or, or organization or a group that will be offering creative things. So, um, but, but, but they also encourage businesses to give people 10 minute breaks, 10 minute breaks to do something creative. If it was, you know, singing a song, reading a book, looking at pictures. And it said that they have research you know, evidence-based, Every the big word now is evidence-based, that when people do that, it refreshes the whole brain. And so we are looking at, uh, you know, people always project that older people, you know, get confused, forget things, et cetera. And that's not necessarily so. And so doing something creative with your mind is one of the ways of helping fire the connections up. You know, you have these synapses and so forth. And as you learn new things and do new things, it helps fire them up. So it's also been said, the good news is that um, the baby boomers will have greater, uh, less brain disruption than people that are in the the um, millennial and the what's the generation after? Um, Gen X. Wait, there's millennial, millennial. There's Gen X, then millennial, and they have three or four different names for the group mm -hmm. that's under that. But because of so much multitasking, that there's a disruption <clears throat> in the brain's areas, and so the area that would think about what you're thinking about. It would just, it collects things and then reflects on them that that brain center is being diminished. And so when people that are now 15 and 16 get to be 50 and 60, that their short-term memory, they will have much more memory disruption than people who are baby boomers now. And that there's one type of therapy that all of us would be good in doing with people like, uh, Nancy, you mentioned that you're a photographer. Pictures. There are this group that's the happiness group. They have 3,000 people on their um, presentation a couple of weeks ago. Um, it's, it's called reflection therapy. Or you have pictures, and there's people look at pictures as they look at pictures of things. It helps anchor in stuff that they've gone through, and it's one of the ways of helping people not have that desperation. As people, you know, are in different levels of dementia, uh, there's sometimes a panic point because they, they know something is different, and then in panic about what's going to be next, what's going to be next. This thing of having stories. Uh, that you elicit from people or pictures that they look at helps to make people, helps to anchor them to say, oh, I, I do remember that. And so it's one of the things that all of us are capable of doing because we've got these phones that have cameras 
and we have uh, lots of time. Even taking, I've been taking some pictures off my my uh, back wall. I think I was inspired by Nancy. Nancy and another one of our uh, another senior program that I belong to. She had someone who does travelogues, and this woman had so many pictures, and they were just pictures of different times of day of a street in China, in the Koreatown, but how the sun looks at, on that street in the morning, how it looks later in the day and in the afternoon. And it was just fascinating. So pictures are a thing that we can do that uh, help other people and also nudging people to write. That writing is something that also helps with, with uh, healing over traumas because as people get the okay from themselves, once you write something, something in your brain says, ah, it's okay. I can. <laughs> and it said, may I? I said, ask may I? And the person started writing. I said, may I? And the person started thinking. So each of you can be an encourager to other people to write something. And this acrostic, the thing that we did was an acrostic, and we have three of you that were teachers. Are, have been, You know, with acrostics, it's one of the simplest ways of getting people started on writing a poem. So that's the way that with a neighbor or a friend or somebody you're visiting with, just have them play around with first their name or play around with something else like telephone or I mean, these things were really simple, May and Day, just six words, and look at how fast you did it. So these are things that you can do with people that help uh, nudge their creativity. Because when people see that they can create one thing, there's a part of the brain that says, oh, can I have more of that? More, please. So we are just looking at how can we, aside from the things that we've accomplished, how can we use the things that we have to help other people? And how can we turn the tide from always turning on the TV and it's, you know, what's being lost, what's not happening? How can we turn on some of the things that are possible and that don't cost a fortune because it's just coming from your soul and it's coming from that wellspring? If Neil can take a prompt <laughs> and in 24 hours, lose three children and turn them up. He, he, happier things usually happen to his people. But just the idea that you can, uh, his brain gets excited when he hears about the story. There's something that your brain gets excited about. And so playing with that, but then sharing it with other people is a really great thing that we can do to make a difference in this time. They're speechless. <laughs> what do you think, Nancy? I think that was some great, great suggestions, great insight. It, it just, there's so many factors, so many things. And, and, you know, we all have different passions and something like you say, it like elicited from seeing somebody else's photography, the way they chose to take a picture and, and the lighting that they use. And then it inspires something for you listening to Neil's ability to write and, and, and so descriptive of, of what he has written and, and, and you're right, just all these different ways and means of keeping our brains active, keeping us inspired, keeping us interested and excited about things. And there's so many different modalities for expression, you know, and so whether it is photography or writing a poem, writing a story, reading, um, yeah, it, there's just so many things, so many things. I think it's fabulous. 
And I think one of the joys of retirement is, you know, um, things that perhaps were our passion when we were younger that we kind of put aside for, you know, adult responsibilities, you know, we're raising a family, all these kinds of things. When you retire, all of a sudden you have this leisure and so many people have gone back and recreated or, or gone back to those passions. I think that's wonderful. My husband's just started playing the trumpet again. He played trumpet in high school. He was in the high school band and put it aside for like 40, 50 years. Now he's playing trumpet again. So, you know, these kinds of things. And I think that's wonderful to see. They're doing this shut-in, I started crocheting again. I, I didn't like crocheting when I was a child because my mother was a perfectionist. <laughs> my aunt, my aunt she had a she had the patience she had a lot of patience because her thing was all the girls in the family would learn how to crochet and she would sit with you and sit with you and you know take it out but I still it wasn't one of my favorite things to do but um surprisingly when I was married in my with my for my first child my husband and I would be going crazy having to sit for an hour or two hours waiting to see the doctor we started crocheting and we crocheted a whole layout well I hadn't again it'd been almost 15 years before I started crocheting and with the the, the shut in um I hate to feel like I'm wasting time if I'm watching tv so I started crocheting mm. so uh, now I've got nine different hats with different styles, just playing around with the crocheting because my, now that my hands are whatever, I said, oh, she's crocheting now. Every hat takes on its own form. I'm also not the greatest person in following directions. I follow directions. I see what's going on with the directions, and I do it. And then wherever it wants to go, wherever the thread wants to go, you know, it happens. So I know that it's like that for you too. So I've enjoyed what each of you have brought. And next week, um, tomorrow is also labor. In the States, there's a big immigration rallies. There's an immigration rally that's happening for May Day. Here, there's a labor rally. So the next weekend, there's a group that has a song that they're releasing this weekend. Marion Pollock, our board chair, told me about it. So I'm going to see if we can have that group come on, or at least if we can hear their song. But also continue to think about uh, what you might want to bring to the table and also areas for training. One of the things that people have said yesterday morning, there was a, a, a conference of people who are providing services to older people, and they found that people want, they don't just want to hear about health, you know, things to make you better, you know, stuff for your hearing, stuff for your diabetes, stuff. that's fine, but they also really want to know more creative things. What other things can we show people about enjoying life? So think about it. If you hear about classes, you know, we've invited people who who would have been doing classes at senior centers but are not able to because of the shutdown uh, if they want to use our space to test something. So uh, it's a little challenging when some of the things people have are just visual. But any ideas you have from welcoming ideas or things that you hear about, or if you know people who were teaching or wanted to do a class but it got disrupted, you know, they can test it, field test it with our group and get yay and nay of whether they should go on with uh, doing it in the virtual arena. So my husband just had virtual physiotherapy, which was very interesting. 
<laughs> so um, there was I holding the laptop while the physiotherapist was watching him walk down the corridor. Yeah. So, Hilarious. And then, yeah, and then he laid on the bed, and again I held the laptop so she could see him doing his exercises and make sure he, making sure that he was doing them right. So yeah, we're actually getting very creative with this virtual world too. And, and, and but it's you know it, you can really write a humorous story about the things people ask to to show because uh, it, 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 in the old radio days there were some of the people that were healers and they would say lay this on the on the, on mm. the radio mm-hmm. we'll heal it and I'm just thinking do you you lay your arm on the across your computer and they will annoyed it with something and, and it'll be healed. It's just, I have a crazy sense of humor. But that's <laughs> other things too that you can uh, talk about those experiences. So t- feel free to send me an email. We are planning things for May to make May both. We might even have an alternative day. If it's something that someone wants to do, Robin has an idea for a workshop where people make avatars and you explore your avatar. Well, it's great mm-hmm. if it's in a group. It's not so great for the podcast. So we will probably have a different day of the week where we have um, workshops about something that, you know, where you might be looking at a screen, but it's not great listening stuff, but it's great, you know, training participation stuff. So anything's like that you hear about or you have an idea about, make sure to let us know so that we can can schedule it. Is there something you want to teach? (laughs) You can do that. Yeah, I'm actually toying with an idea right now for um, for our new Westminster Council women that normally we like to have social events, and because of Zoom, we haven't been able to do that. So I'm trying right now to come up with a, a way of doing a social online in Zoom and having breakout rooms and having people talk about things and then come back and we can all talk together. So, yeah, so that's something I'm playing with right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with the breakout rooms, I did um, a workshop and I had people play with the chat boxes and made partners mm-hmm. so people could talk with their partner in the chat box. And that was good. Again, it's great for people. I mean, if we we know it's not like buildings that we have to <laughs> go and rent. We already have mm-hmm. Zoom, so we can have some things that are just on days that we call, you know, training. And so it might be two sessions or it might be one, but all different types of things that we can do with, with training. Our uh, chef, right now she's making a shift in where she is, but she's looking at things that she would be able to, you know, demonstrate. There are different ways that if you have your phone and you have a laptop, you can, you can put... <laughs> I'm knocking my microphone over. You can hold the laptop. You can you could be on twice. You could be on on your phone and you can be on and you can be use the the phone to show something that's happening in front of you. Uh, so yeah, I, we did a cooking workshop. It was um, in New Westminster. They have these neighbor, what they call neighborhood small grants for various projects, and they were encouraging people to do virtual activities. So um, it was a Chilean woman, and she did a virtual cooking workshop on uh, how to make this Chilean dish. And so there were my husband and myself in the kitchen with the laptop on the counter and all the ingredients by the side of the laptop. Fortunately, we didn't spill anything on the laptop, so that worked out well. 
Oh, that's great. Okay, well, thank you for being on today and have your thinking hats on. It was another one of those shows. Mrs. Somebody that had a magic mirror would tell us, put on your thinking hats. So mm-hmm. put on your thinking hats and send your ideas. Other people who are listening to your pod, our podcast, you can go on poweredbyage.com and there's a place to leave comments, um, suggest things that you want to do or uh, get the information for for registering and we will see you again next Thursday at 1 bye bye thank you everybody bye bye